Well, welcome in. You're listening to Down the Hall Podcast. My name is Chet. I'm here as always with Rodney. If you are new to the show, we appreciate you checking us out. Rodney, why are we here? We're here because the average person spends 115 hours just looking for a movie to watch. 115 hours a day? A year. That'd be a hard year. to do. Uh, yep. I don't know how you would mathematically do that, but a year. Uh, just looking for a movie to watch, and we're here to solve that problem. So how we do that, every single Monday night, we give you, the listener, a movie recommendation of the week. We will also give you a movie to avoid. Within that, I'm sure we'll do a couple other nonsensical things, like who will win in a fight, most recently, Chris Pine versus Ryan Reynolds. But Rodney, let me ask you, if you had an extra 115 hours that somebody saved you, what would you do with it? I feel like I'd do two things. The first thing is I'd watch a lot more movies because now it feels like I'm obligated to do so. Kind of feels like we have to. Um, And then two, what I would do is try and get better at podcasting. Really? I think you're pretty great. You think so? I think you're... I, you're I, was, I was fishing for a compliment, a so I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah. I try and get better at podcasting because I'm clearly not clever or funny. <laughs> I, I just answer like a robot. <laughs> well, tune in every Monday night for Rodney's Robotic Answers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rodney, what is your favorite kind of fruit? Pineapple? Okay, yeah, um, that's a good one. Mine, uh, mine was probably be the, uh, the fruits of victory. Uh, and, and what I mean is, uh, if you, if you remember our last top 10 episode with Lyndon, we had a little quiz at the end, uh, that determined which would, what would be our next top 10 episode. And here we are, uh, you know, doing top 10 acting performances, uh, which is the fruit of victory for me from that quiz. And you know what? I'm not a, a selfish person. So I want to share bountifully with you, with Lyndon, with the listeners. There's room for everyone to enjoy my fruits of victory. Uh, here tonight. And so, uh, yeah, I would say, Ronnie, I think you should try that sometime. I think you might like it better than pineapple. Hey, Chet, you, uh, you, you think that people actually care right now about your fruits of victory? Like the fact that it's yours versus anybody else's? I think that it's Lyndon's fruits of victory because he's the one that has the top 10 ideas. And that's, that's, I'm going to give Lyndon the credit. Thanks, Lyndon. That's okay. I mean, <laughs> Rodney did say he's a better winner than he is a loser. I think that's on full display right now. Uh, but Lyndon, welcome back, my friend. Uh, hello. How have you hello. been? And, and hello to Rodney in the corner with his pineapple. Obviously thank having you. a great time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so Lyndon, we're, we're, we're excited to have you back so we can do another top 10 episode. As I said, we're doing top 10 acting performances of all time. Uh, but you do have another quiz for us at the end of this, right? That we pretty much know nothing about. That's right. So uh, the follow-up to the highly competitive uh, war list quiz we have a new quiz coming up to decide the the next top 10 after this. Which was one, uh, as everyone probably remembers, in contention. Uh, there was uh, a little bit of funny business that happened somewhere in the middle there. Um, and Chet is now going to go ahead and take this victory lap on air. Even though I want everyone <laughs> to remember, if you go back and listen, there is a highly suspicious moment that happens that led to the win. Yeah, Rodney was uh, furious. <laughs> oh, only only anyone who, who listened to that episode would know. Okay, because uh, we have to set the agenda. Rodney's giving me the look. Okay, so today's episode, we are talking, like we said, about the top 10 acting performances of all time uh, based on uh, our collective opinion. And how we're going to do that is we, we are first going to talk about a few characters, I'm sorry, a few actors who 
who made our lists, our collective list for multiple performances. And so we're going to kind of talk through that a little bit before we actually get to our uh, 10 through one. And after we go through that list, Lyndon is, uh, is going to give us that quiz again, and uh, we'll see what happens this time. John, the title of the quiz is a little teaser. Yeah, absolutely. What's the title? The title of the quiz is the British scene. I'm trying to read into it. I've been intentional about not asking you for, for clues. Like I'm sure chat's been texting you independently, uh, asking for all the, the answers to the, to the quiz, but, um, I'm excited to see how this goes. <laughs> all right. So guys, what did you think about, uh, putting this list together? Was it easier than others we've done or what do you, what do you think? I thought initially it was going to be really difficult. We just said email each other, all our like, favorite performances. Doesn't matter how many. And there were quite a few to begin with. Uh, I thought it would be really difficult to narrow it down to 10. But actually, we had quite a few overlaps, I thought, quite a few surprising overlaps. And it was easier than I expected to narrow it down to the 10. Easier than the um, the war films, I found, actually. Yeah, I think I agree with that because, um, you know, what I did was I just went to all of my favorite movies and then started to kind of go down through those and, and really think about the movies that I felt like were my favorite movies because of one standout performance. Um yeah, I guess that was my next question. Did you guys find a correlation between uh, your favorite movies being the ones that actually had your favorite performances in them exclusively? Or did you? was there some exceptions, you think? There were some exceptions, but obviously your favorite movies are going to have some of your favorite performances in. So I'm thinking the top five you guys gave right when you started the podcast and the first one I gave when I came on with you boys, uh, I think we've all got at least one or two of our top fives in there. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I don't know what the percentage is. It's not like it's not 50-50, I don't think, but um, you know, it's it, there's definitely a high correlation between your favorite movies of all time and the performances that you loved in in those movies. Yeah, I guess my last question for you guys before we get started is um do you think that there is a difference between best performances of all time or f- and favorite characters of all time? And the reason, so like to give you an example, Rodney, we, we saw the edge of 17. We've done an episode on it. Um, uh, we interviewed a cast member from it. And one of your favorite characters from that movie was, um, was Mr. Bruner, uh, yeah. um, played by Woody Harrelson. But that, I wouldn't, I don't think either of us would say that that was one of the best acting performances of all time, but it was a character we loved. Do you think there's a definite difference with this list or is it kind of like a combination of both that kind of met itself in the middle? I I feel like the best performances of all time, I think have to, it's probably like one of those, like every uh, quadrilaterals is rectangle and not every, you know, one of those types of mathematical type things. I was told there'd be no math. Um, You know, where it's, <laughs> I think every great performance has to be in a great movie but not all of my favorite movies were dictated by one singular great performance. So I do feel like, um, though I loved Edge of 17, I feel like probably most of the movies I gravitated towards were ones that I felt like were more, uh, you know, and I do know what you're saying. I think you're shaking your head no. That's saying, not, yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Though. Yeah, no, no, no. But I'm saying like, I feel like had Woody, like had that movie, like a fate, like if someone was a distinctly like, favorite character but also in this movie that felt like grander then i feel like it it does start to make its way towards top performance of all time to me you know where i feel like it can be a great character in a movie that i really really loved but if if it doesn't feel if there's nothing grand about it then it doesn't feel like i can say it was a greatest performance of all time Uh, i think that's fair uh i think 
the the greater the film, the more the performance stands out, and the that the fact that it stands out in such a good film, I think makes you judge the performance maybe a bit higher. I think if you really enjoy the performance, but the film overall doesn't hit home quite as well, then I, I don't think it's difficult to put in your. I would find it difficult to them put in my top acting performances. Yeah, I think that's true. Like for instance, Brad Pitt in Twelve Monkeys, I thought he did a phenomenal job but that movie isn't one of my all-time greats so it didn't i don't think it would have made it didn't make anywhere near my top 10 20 or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, yes that's a good example i was thinking things like uh robin williams and one hour photo doing something unexpected it's an okay film but his performance really stands out so gentlemen you ready to start talking through some of these performances ready born ready i don't know how you get a podcast but you should look into it yes of course it's down the hall because i'm psyched and here we go. All right, Lyndon, so you had mentioned that there was some overlap on our list uh, in terms of favorite performances. And I think what also we noticed was that uh, there were a couple actors or actresses who appeared on our lists, uh, but for multiple characters in multiple films that they portrayed. And so we felt it would be a crime to not at least give them credit, uh, despite the fact that these guys didn't make our top 10 uh, just the fact alone that they appeared on our list for multiple performances, I felt like it was worth talking about. I, th- I think it almost worked against them a bit as well because they've been with uh, both. They're featured for more than one performance. I think some of our top ten is really one standout career performances, but actors that knock out the park, film after film. There were just so many considerations that they didn't quite sneak in the top ten. And I think uh, an example of this is one we discussed quite a lot on our last podcast, the Top Ten War Films, was uh, Christoph Waltz. I think everything he's done, he really he steals the film. He stands out. I mean, we discussed Inglorious Bastards on the last uh, podcast. He, he's super creepy in that film. Yeah, Rodney, you love him in that film, scene. right? Red, oh, that's yeah. like your favorite one. I, I feel like it's you know like everything from the opening scene where you just know he's like baiting the person who's hiding his daughters to the scene where he's eating streusel or whatever he's eating like i mean there's there's these <laughs> the, the use of the him. word milk milk yeah, oh. it, yeah there's these scenes where you just hate him you know and uh yeah. i think that's that's evidence of someone that stuck with you yeah i mean i i did i agree he was amazing in that but i think for me what what made my list i didn't put him on for inglorious bastards i put him on for uh J- Django unchained i thought his character as the you know, dentist bounty hunter and Django Unchained is one of my favorite performances ever. And I think it was in my singular top 10. Um, so that was one that I feel like he definitely need to be talked about for. Yeah. I think those two are easily his best performances. Yeah. I, I, Daniel day Lewis is another one that was on our list. Um, I've, I've seen there will be blood. I know gangs of New York was, uh, was probably the one that, um, he really stands out to me. Uh, that was a, uh, a film that I saw in theaters and, was uh i don't know was just blown away i mean it's gruesome and difficult to to watch but i think i loved it and i loved his performance in it um and i feel like he's perfect for like the 1920s american you know like there's something about his hair and face that um he he's played those roles perfectly but he's 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 so good in so many films i didn't know which i i had him on my list but i didn't know which films put him forward for because um the obvious ones are Gangs of New York and There Will Be Blood. They're mentioned a lot. I think he's really impressive in uh, Last of the Mohicans, which is a great film. 
and uh, the crucible as well he's so good in that now he was he's a famous method actor right i know we're not going to get into yeah. this discussion yeah, i think we <laughs> talked about him on our method actor episode with kevin yes, Donato. what movie did he break a he, no yeah he like slumped he like slumped down so aggressively because of his posture that he was taking on for the role that he broke ribs and he had people from the the staff uh literally have to like spoon feed him because he got so into character. I, I forget what movie that was. It's for um, My Left Foot, wasn't it? Oh, oh that's, that's right. It. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's what it was. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, also, he, he played Lincoln, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so like that was one that got a lot of attention as it was coming out too. So you're right, Lyndon. He does have a lot of uh, like, and I think that's what we're talking about here is that it almost worked against him to not make our top 10 because there were so many that we couldn't really decide from. Yeah. I Just as a, a quick little p- plug, on uh, top10films.co.uk, we've got a new list up at the minute, the top 10 films of Daniel Day-Lewis, mm. as a- apparently he's uh, retired from acting at the minute. I did hear that. That was last week, right? Yeah. But I think he's retired before and come back. I was so. just going to say, now, we'll this, can I just say, anybody who like declares retirement from something that isn't like, hey, just you don't need to declare retirement. <laughs> but he's a method actor, so the the things that he probably... He's probably preparing for a role where... Like, oh, an actor where he's a retiree. Retired. Yeah, we yeah. can't trust him. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. Like, okay, then stop taking any calls. Stop going to any... Like, stop reading scripts. Like, you don't need to tell anyone you're done. Like, you know, it's like one of those people that's like, oh, by the way, guys, like, don't call me anymore. I'm not planning to do this anymore. But, you know, if you want to call... <laughs> Yeah, it is, I'm suspicious of anybody who declares like I'm done when you don't need to. Yeah, I'm. I'm also suspicious. I, I can't remember when it was, but he's he's had a career break before where he went and worked as like a cobbler for a while. What? A yeah. cobbler? Yeah, yeah, he did. I can't remember when that was, but I'm putting money on the fact that I he think was he not just as... became one of my favorite people. Oh, really? <laughs> I think so. I don't know what I'd do without Daniel Day Lewis. And then now. he remembered, like, oh, no one needs these anymore. <laughs> Cobblers. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to a cobbler? Well, now they're kind of making a comeback in New York City. It's like I, a big thing right now. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I bet that's true. I, I did. I have gone to a cobbler once, and I paid on purpose. For, yeah, I, I went to Cobbler once. You thought it was selling pies, peach cobbler. <laughs> I was like, "Where? I'll have the peach, please." Um, no, I went to a Cobbler once, and I took shoes that I paid probably a hundred and ten dollars for, and I said, "Oh, you know, I really like these shoes. Could you repair them?" They repaired them for sixty dollars, and I had to pay in cash. So it was the least. I thought, okay, like. I'll just go buy new shoes next time. <laughs> There's well, still damage on them. They just put like new bottoms on them. Yeah, I mean, co- cobbler's got to eat too. That's <laughs> yeah, but you see, like you you get the the conundrum. Like I didn't pay. I, if they are four hundred dollars shoes and sixty might seem like a reasonable repair cost. I mean, you're you're. I think you're lucky that they took dollars and not like like an ancient form of currency. <laughs> yeah. Shilling. Yeah, <laughs> a shilling. A it's, sixpence. It's eighteen shillings, please. Um, Anyway, that's enough of my sidetracks. Are you guys ready to get into the actual list? Yep. Okay, Lyndon, you're going to lead us off with number 10. So number 10 on our list, the first one is uh, Denzel Washington as John Creasy in 2004's Man on Fire. Forgiveness is between them and God. It's my job to arrange the meeting. What do you think about this one, Rodney? Um, I love this one. I remember it distinctly. I remember um, it was the era of Dakota Fanning, I feel like. And yeah. um, it was one of those 
great movies, emotional movies, um, where, you know, Denzel Washington, as usual, um, steals the show, you know, going to what was the was he technically the bodyguard or was he hired to go? Yeah. So the bodyguard first. Yeah. Yeah. I I love Denzel Washington. He's one of my favorite actors, but I think he does a lot of he steals the film in a lot of very average films. Deja vu. um, Yeah. Things like that. What's the one? Inside Man. Yeah, Inside, Inside Man, Man Deja yep. Vu, Crimson Tide, yep. uh, taking of uh, the remake of the Taking of Pearl Ham One Two Three, right. Book of uh, Book of Eli. He's uh, oh, very good at average Eli. films. Yeah, Book of yeah. Eli was another one. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a good example of someone though, similar to Daniel Day Lewis and Christoph Waltz. Well, it would have been easy for us to pick any number of his performances to yeah. add to this list. Yeah, which I think is maybe why he's ten. We had to include him. Yeah, I, I think. I think so. Uh, the Man on Fire is my favorite. I think it's he's better in it than the the one he, he won an Oscar for in Training Day. And I think it's a better film as well. So I think he goes through a proper character arc throughout the whole film. So he starts the film as a broken, broken man, really, not really doing anything. Then he gets this job as a bodyguard uh, for Dakota Fanning. And then you see him open up a little bit, uh, get a bit more emotional, and it gets attached gets attached to her. And then when it really kicks off is the final third where she's kidnapped and he goes proper old school. So it's got that great scene, doesn't he? When he has the grenade up that guy's ass. Yeah. <laughs> that one, that one uh, immediately comes to mind. The other one that comes to mind is when he has the guy's hands taped to the steering wheel and he's cutting off the dude's fingers with a cigar. Yeah. Cutter. Oh my gosh. He goes yeah. nuts in that movie. That's, he goes brutal, but he's a, a film addition to this list. Yeah. He's, he's, I think the three acts of the film is a completely different character, but the, the change and the evolution throughout the film seems natural and he's he's completely convincing as a badass you would be scared of him oh yeah and also i mean i feel like you know like the equalizer which again is back to more of a more of an average movie has like some of those components but then this one has like you said more of the the holistic character arch uh arc and also more um you know just a better overall movie and yeah i think to- i think the Equalizer is another great example of an average film made so much better. I was just Washington about to say that. I was yeah, just about yeah. to say because if Jason Statham stars in that, it goes straight to Redbox. Absolutely, no, that's a yeah. great point. Yeah, that's a, that's such a great point. Um, is that there are movies that he's in that you recommend or that you you leave feeling like, wow, that was a you know that was a had a lot more to it because Denzel Washington is also then believable with all the other characters. Like he he elevates the people around him. Uh, maybe not enough, but far more than a Jason Statham would, you know? So number 10, Denzel Washington as John Creasy in Man of Fire. Uh, Rodney, what is number nine? Number nine is uh, one of my favorites, Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's Captain Jack Sparrow. You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. All right, I apologize. You didn't put that in the show notes. I would have read it as Captain Jack if you preferred. You do read everything on the teleprompter, <laughs> everything. like Ron Burgundy. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, no, it's to me one of the one. It's still like an iconic performance. I think there's a, there's a reason that he's he's embodied you know that that character so well, or pr- pretty much redefined you know what I feel like people think of as pirates. You know, um, there's something about he has a great flair great sense of humor throughout that movie pirates of the caribbean when i watched it um the the first time i remember was one of those movies that in theaters like 30 minutes in i didn't want to end i don't know to, to, to me is it's 
just a, an iconic performance. Um, Lyndon, I, I don't know if you're quite as high on this one, but what do you yeah. think? Yeah, so this is one of the ones I questioned when we were first putting the list together. And I agree with you, it is an iconic performance. And that first uh, Pirates of the Caribbean film was so much fun. Uh, and it was one of those films, I think, what you we were saying, is a film you could um, quite happily just watch again. Finish watching it at the cinema, quite happily go in and watch it again. It was lots of fun. But just it's the law of diminishing returns a bit because he's it is boring now that performance in how many sequels you had now seven i don't know <laughs> well i do agree i you know i i think that the character is tired now uh you know that it's, it's it's just been played out so many times but i i don't think that i felt this way about him after just the first one I feel like no, I I agree. I feel like it actually took me to the second or third, which I did enjoy those movies a lot too. I know that's less of a popular opinion. I I like the second and third not as much as I like the first, but it was after those that I thought, wow, I think like I think Jack Sparrow is one of my favorite characters. Oh really? Yeah. Well, so I I guess I'll say. Oh a few really? Things. That's yeah, interesting. That's interesting to me. Because um, yeah. what I will say is, I think the evidence of something becoming tired or you know something being played out. Because uh, I definitely get that, and I, I definitely recognize it, but I think that that's a sign of probably how memorable that first embodiment of the character was. That you know, just everywhere you see, you know, you see it. I was just, you know, like I was just overseas, and you know, some random thing that I was watching had like different characters on it, like dressed up characters, and one of them was some Thai version of a pirate, and he looked like. Jack Sparrow, you know, so I feel like it's one of those signs that it was so iconic. I wouldn't even say Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. I would say just that first movie, you know, that performance in the first movie. I completely agree with with both you guys um, that there is diminishing returns for sure. It's not like I, I watched the third or the fourth one. and I think, oh, boy, I can't wait to see Captain Jack Sparrow in this one, too. Um, I think it's mostly that first movie, which I thought was, you know, was was fantastic uh you know a movie that I'll, I'll i'll always remember watching for the first time and the thing that stuck out to me most uh was captain jack Sparrow. all right guys we're ready to go to number eight that is uh will ferrell as ron burgundy himself from anchorman the legend of ron burgundy 2004 i'm very happy for you i'm very important uh i have many leather-bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> you said that wrong. It's Ron Burgundy. Ron, Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> Rado fashion, Rodney fashion, reads everything off the teleprompter. Uh, so, no, I, this one, come on, like, absolutely one of the most iconic performances of all time, in my mind. Uh, as many movies as Will Ferrell has been in, I just saw an interview with him last week, and they were still asking him about the Ron Burgundy character. I, I feel like it is his defining role, in my opinion. And it's one of the more fun roles that's ever come out of cinema, again, in my opinion. But, Lyndon, didn't you say that your tables at your wedding were, like, Anchorman-themed or something like that? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. All the tables at my wedding were named after films. And the the table with all my mates from uni were on the Anchorman table. So we, we used to make uh, – I love this film. It's in, when I first came on, it was in my top five films of all time. And uh, we used to play drinking games just sitting there quoting quoting the film back at each other. And if you couldn't think of a quote, you had a drink. It's a pretty complicated game. Wait, if you couldn't or if you could? Yeah, if you couldn't. Oh, so if you just go around. turn and you don't have a quote, you have to drink? Yeah. 
So it's uh, a pretty easy game. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> you 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 did not leave that game drunk. I would imagine you you uh, left that one fully sober. By the beard of Zeus. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> by the beard of Zeus. Um, the only thing, so this one was higher on both of uh, you guys' lists uh, than it was mine, and I think the only thing that I hindered it is. Did you guys like this movie on first watch or was it one that required multiple watches to, to enjoy? Yeah, no, I didn't like it. Actually, it's that way with me with almost every comedy movie that I've grown to love. At first, I, I don't really like them that much, but this one grew on me big time. And I think it was probably, I don't know, 10% of everything I said was an Anchorman quote for most of the 2000s. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, I agree. Um, first time I watched it, I thought it was all right. It was the repeat the repeat viewings that really caught me in that glass case of motion. And yeah, I couldn't yeah, stop. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think, I think it's brilliant. Again, another one where I just ignore the sequel didn't happen. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. the sequel it, was it, painful. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I know I agree with Chet completely, but all the comedies I like as well, take a couple of watches before I really, really enjoy them. Uh, so Lyndon, what's number seven? So number seven is Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort. Right and the Wolf of Wall Street. See those little black boxes? They're called telephones. I'm going to let you on a little secret about these telephones. They're not going to dial themselves, okay? Without you, they're just worthless hunks of plastic, like a loaded M16 without a trained Marine to pull the trigger. Uh, I think this is the film that Leonardo DiCaprio should have won the Oscar for. I think he won it for The Revenant because everyone knew it was his time and it was about time he won an Oscar. But he did his, eat like an actual like moose heart or something like that in The Revenant, right? That, yeah. Did he do was that in Wolf of Wall Street? I, I don't remember. Probably. He did everything else yeah. on drugs there, didn't oh, he? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. <laughs> but he's, um, I think he's the best actor of our generation. He's defined a lot of films, films like The Departed, Inception. He, he does so many varied films as well. He's so good. But I think what I love about the him in the wolf of wall street is the extremes he goes to and he goes to some pretty extreme places uh they got that scene where he's um riling all the troops up and he's just shouting into the mic uh which i love he, he looks crazy and uh my favorite scene in this film is where he, get, he has a bit too much fun on quaaludes yeah and he says he goes into the a, a bit not that politically correct, but he says he goes into the cerebral palsy phase where he just can't walk <laughs> yeah. and he's just falling down the stairs. Oh, I think that's hilarious. And to like commit to that, make it that funny. And at the same time, it's quite, there is an emotional depth to it as well. But yeah, that scene is brilliant. I I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. The, the, the only things that I'll add is I remember when the book, The Wolf of Wall Street came out, I was going through, uh, I was in business school and, um, you know, I knew what it was about. Um, and I didn't see Wolf of Wall Street in theaters. I saw it once it had come out, uh, on video and I knew the movie was going to be manic and I knew that it was kind of reflective of a really manic, you know, uh, personality and, and really era. And I think as I watched it, I was captivated by how well he did, by, by how well he portrayed it. Do you think this is the one he should have won the Oscar? Oh yes, yep. Uh, I'll, I'll end it with that. I a hundred percent agree with you. I have not seen The Revenant yet, so maybe that's not fair. Um, but I'm not really as interested in The Revenant one, and I do think that this one, the fact that he didn't win it for this one, I thought, boy, this would have been the one. You know, this yeah. this was such a great performance. I don't know how they didn't pick this one. I thought for sure we'd be able to go through an entire episode without Rodney 
having not seen a movie, but but uh, there <laughs> it is. So it, we met our quota. You know, <laughs> I wanted to start it. All right, guys. So number six is near and dear to my heart. Uh, it is one of, if not my favorite movie of all time. Uh, uh, Kate Hudson as Penny Lane in Almost Famous. I have to go home. Uh, Lyndon, you just watched this yesterday, right? Well, no, I had seen it before, a very long time ago. And uh, I remember enjoying it, but I didn't remember much of it. And uh, yeah, so part of preparing for this, I thought I'd better rewatch it. And I got around to watching it (laughs) only yesterday. The reason that her her performance uh, stands out to me the most is because the main character of the movie is not, she's not the main character. The main character, you're seeing everything through his eyes as he's touring with this band in the seventies rock scene. Um, but he falls in love with, with Penny Lane, who is also traveling around with this band. And it's funny because as you, her, her performance of Penny Lane, Penny Lane's character very much so mirrors the perception of what the main character is, is kind of seeing this rock band to be. At first, it's this kind of like, wow, he's so mesmerized by it all. And it's so beyond him. And it's the most amazing thing he's ever seen. And Penny Lane is that way too to him, just kind of this like mystique around her. Um, but then as the movie goes on and you see the, the real raw life of the, the band life and touring, he starts to see how, how gritty it is and how hard it is and how much there's, there's tension and how things kind of fall apart. But at the same time, her character is falling apart and there's a rawness and a grittiness to her. So it, it very much so mirrors her, her story mirrors his perception of the band all throughout the movie. And she does it in such like effortless class. Like even though she doesn't play a classy character, Kate Hudson herself brings such class to the character that is it to me like unbelievable. And it's, it's, it might be why this movie is, is so high on my list. Wow. I feel like we just got the, uh, that was, uh, that was quite the, uh, monologue on that. Ronnie, do you need a, you need a Kleenex? You have like ear, like tears coming out of your eyes. Right I now. think we, uh, Lyndon, what do we, do we need to move her up? Is that what, is that what I'm hearing? What, I, did, what I, did you think about I, the performance? <laughs> ah, she was think, okay. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I think w- there's a lot of other facts. I think what I, I completely agree with you, how it mirrors the main character. I think the way the film is shot, it's uh, Cameron Crowe directed and the way he shoots her kind of mirrors that, cause that changes throughout the film as well. Uh, I, I think her performance is great. And I think what makes her performance stand out is she's never done anything nearly as good before or since. And it, look at the rest of her career. It is garbage. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the shit like it's all rom coms. How to lose a guy in ten days, Bride Wars. Oh, she's in that one that Rodney liked. That I didn't like uh, something borrowed. Something borrowed. Yep. <laughs> yes, I mean, I think I agree. She she probably hasn't done anything. Um, you know, she hasn't been a part of any project. I think quite as I would have to probably look to make sure. I I've still really enjoyed her as an actress in in many different roles, but. Uh, you guys know my soft spot for a lot of those movies, but I, I completely agree. None of them that would make this kind of list because they were, none of the movies were significant enough to be on this list as we've talked about. I think how good the film is elevates her performance as well. Cause the way the, like how she changes with the way the films changes, how it mirrors the, um, 
the central characters change and almost maturing as well all plays into her performance and elevates it more i think it deserves to be on the top 10 yeah and one last thing i'll add is i highly 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 recommend that if anyone's going to watch it try to go out of your way to find the extended version rather than the theatrical cut um because i think it is an example of a movie that almost feels like a completely different movie with the added scenes it's not just a cool few extra scenes it genuinely has almost a different feel to it in, in a in a way that i i have a hard time watching the theatrical version now uh i i watched the theatrical version and i'm going to sit down this week and and watch the extended cuts i've really enjoyed the film and i i'm annoyed it's one that slipped my memory for so long so guys to recap 10 through 6 we had denzel washington as john creasy in man of fire at number 10 number nine was johnny depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy in Anchorman came in at number eight. Uh, number seven was Leo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. And number six, as we just discussed, was Kate Hudson as Penny Lane in Almost Famous. As we get into our top five, Rodney, you're going to lead us off. What's number five? Uh, five is Kevin Spacey as Lester Burnham in American Beauty. Do you like some smiley sauce? No, no, no. Actually, I'd like to fill out an application. There's no jobs for manager, it's just for counter. Good. I'm looking for the least possible amount of responsibility. Um, and this movie, I think I would say, is probably like the first, my first like 10. You know, like the first movie that I ever saw that I remember. You always being, remember your first 10. I do. And um, so much about it, I think you know, hits perfectly for me. Uh, I think in terms of the movie itself, it's, it's narrated by Kevin Spacey. I think he just does such a great job of depicting someone who's kind of in, in turmoil to some degree and, um, kind of trying to change from going to meandering through, uh, what is his life, uh, to finding something else. And I don't know. I, I love Kevin Spacey in, in so many roles. Um, but this is by far, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time and one of my favorite performances of all time for sure. What Rodney said, I agree. Everything what you said, it's a, it is a really, really well made film, and his performance grounds the whole film, and it's built around his narration. And I think it's almost he plays like the everyman hit with some out of the ordinary experiences, and you just believe him as the everyman, and the way he reacts to every situation, you believe, even to the the way he reacts via his narration, uh, what happens at the very end. Yes. Yeah. I mean. I'm like, my mind is going through the whole movie and, and we can move on to the next one. But it's my, my I, I kind of want to watch this one again. Yeah, it almost felt like a coming of age movie, but for a middle aged man. Like it was weird. It was like all the yeah, it's a great description. Well, no, that's a great description. I, except it, I wouldn't say it's even coming of age. It's like coming of midlife crisis or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that there is a term for that, but um, it's the embodiment of a midlife crisis, you know, because he, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot, you know, as he's kind of hitting that point in his, in his life and you know his married life and all sorts of stuff are, are kind of falling apart. Um, and it's how he's going through that and reacting to it. But um, just a beautiful movie. I loved it. All right. So Lyndon, you've got us at number four, which I, if I remember correctly is, is one of your favorite characters ever, right? Uh, that is correct. Uh, so number four is Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, 
all men are created equal. I'm no idealist to believe firmly in the integrity of our courts and of our jury system. That's no ideal to me. That is a living, working reality. I think, as Rodney said, uh, with American Beauty being one of his favourite films, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favourite films, and I think this performance is everything you expect from that classic era of Hollywood. And I also, I'm, I love all the Marvel and DC films. I love superhero films. But whenever anyone asks me what's my favourite hero in, in a film, it's always Gregory Peck in To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, I just think the way he handles the his relationship with his children, the how he handles the his emotional reaction to like the racism going on and how he handles himself as a lawyer. I mean, it's one of the first really hard hitting court scenes in cinema. It's, and his, his performance carries the whole film and it's, um, it's not a big showy performance. It's a lot of very quiet moments, but he is a, a true hero. I think and I love the character and he plays it to perfection. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, it was, I can't remember. I think I might have like read and watched the movie in a, like in high school simultaneously. Um, yeah. but I think, you know, in literature, he's one of my favorite characters of all time. And, you know, I would have imagined that it'd be hard to find somebody to fit, but there was something about me watching that movie, um, you know, as we were reading it that I thought, wow, uh, this Gregory Peck guy is, is, is something, you know? Um, cause, yeah. you know, obviously I had, it's not like I, at that, at that point, you know, 14, 15 years old or however old I was, it, it, it's not, it wasn't somebody that I had seen in, in movies before. And, you know, to, I feel like he commands, he commands that movie. All right, guys. So number four was Gregory Peck from, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. And the next one is one that I watched in advance of this, of us doing this podcast. You both had seen and you told me to watch it. So I did. Uh, loved it, but we're going to Rodney talk about this one. Number three, um, Brie Larson as uh, Ma. So that's all she had, huh? As a, as an, it's funny because as yeah, I she's saw, just credited as I, being as being Ma. Yeah, and so um, Brie Larson as Ma from Room. Jack, the world is so big. It's so big you wouldn't even believe it, and, and Room is just one stinky part mm, of this it. This is a story of her with her child, uh, kind of being held in captivity in like a shed or like a guest house of you know obviously her her kidnapper um and so it's the story of her raising her child in this really abusive situation um where he doesn't know anything about the outside world correct He's compl- he was born in the room right and that's yeah. his entire his entire world yeah and I, on our podcast show we've talked about brie larson before um i mean she's been in some heavy movies and this is <laughs> certainly you know one of those but I think there's something about her portrayal in this and I think her as an actress that makes her a really good fit for these. I think she she uh, she does it incredibly well. Uh, she she carries all of the emotion in this movie because it's you, you barely ever see her captor. Um, and it's so it's essentially her and her child. So the, um, I forget the, the name of the actor who, who plays uh, her son, but it's. You know, it's this movie with very few characters, with very few setting changes, but again, a captivating movie um, where she just she carries it. Um, Lyndon, I I know that this was one of your favorites. What like is there any? Uh, what am I not saying? Because I feel like I'm not saying enough. You know, <laughs> uh, I think I don't think it's a, a spoiler to say because it shows it in the trailer. But this is a film of two halves. 
and her performances in both the halves are completely different because her and the the boy plays her son Jacob Tremblay they kind of swap roles so when they're captured in this room she has to do everything for him build this world she's very much the um, the parent looking after him doing everything for him and when they do escape the roles reverse so she has to deal with everything like suddenly a childhood being disappeared uh being taken away the the reactions of her parents seeing all like uh, her home or hometown and then he has to kind of emotionally look after her and where she goes from being so strong in that first half to being emotionally crippled to the point where she's like self-harming herself in the second half that's the range she has to show in that film is amazing and it's Mm. it's such a tough watch this film yeah very emotional film it's not one you're gonna sit and watch very often no but to be able to carry that range of emotions is so impressive yeah that's 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 a really good point i I kind of almost forgot that it was that distinct you know like that it was escaping the room um and then also her then kind of regathering herself if you will but you know it I think, like you said, she plays two distinctly different characters, but both of which you absolutely believe. Uh, she was fantastic in it. I didn't have her anywhere near my top 10. I thought the movie was better than – the movie is more memorable to me than any of the performances, although I can't disagree with anything you guys just said. Um, but anyway, so number three was, was Brie Larson as Ma from Room. Uh, number two is Anthony Hopkins – as Hannibal Lecter, The Silence of the Lambs. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Uh, guys, I was actually thinking about this. Um, and, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but in, in terms of, like, cinema history, have we talked before about how certain movies pop up on the on the timeline of cinema history. I feel like certain performances do as well. And Hannibal Lecter, Anthony Hopkins' as Hannibal Lecter, they went on to make, like, several more sequels after this. And I bet you they wouldn't have made even one sequel if it weren't for how how much of an amazing performance he had given us. Uh, to where, you know, he was even... If you look, he's kind of a side character in the movie. He has very little screen time compared to the other other people in the movie. But he became the central focus of that franchise to the point where they made several sequels afterwards. Uh, yeah, I entirely agree. He's, um, he's it's a, like a temple in the history of cinema, this performance. And it's this iconic, even more iconic than um, Captain Jack Sparrow, but it's one of those ones that stands out. And uh, it's, it's such a creepy performance. And to be, uh, and like you said, he's not in the film that much. And to stand out as much as he did as a supporting character is very impressive. You know, the the reason that I remember that is I feel like as a kid, I knew more about like Hannibal Lecter. Like I knew more about the name Hannibal Lecter and being confused when someone told me like the movie was called The Silence of the Lambs, you know, because it's like, no, it was like, Han- like, well, what's the Hannibal movie? Like, I remember yeah. being completely yeah. confused because, um, you know, he is what everyone really remembers, I think, from that movie. Like, it's almost weird to think like, well, kind of the really bad guy and that was Buffalo Bill, you know, but um, yeah. Hannibal Lecter is really what everyone left remembering. And, uh, you know, like you said, Chet, they've made sequels based on him and TV series based on him. Um, and, you know, it's it's a great character with... You know, in his limited lines, I feel like creeps everybody up. So uh, definitely deserves to be on this list. That's interesting. You said, like, where's the Hannibal film? And they really 
cashed in on that character, didn't they? In the sequels, was the next film was called Hannibal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. I think it was like yeah. Red Dragon. Red which Dragon. Is a prequel. Red Dragon. Yeah. yeah. I remember some of those movies going to to the theater to watch and like being like petrified. Like at a certain age, I stopped being scared of scary movies, but I remember being petrified. And Red Dragon, I think, was the last movie I ran in thinking like, "Oh, I'm never going to be able to sleep again after watching this." And I watched it so disappointed that I walked away thinking like. Uh, I hate I hate scary movies. Why did you feel the need to tell us that you, at a certain age, stopped being scared of <laughs> scary? But I, I felt like you were trying to tell I, yourself. I, no, I wanted to, I wanted to say that the Red Dragon was the biggest disappointment to me of as a movie that I ever saw in the theaters. Ever. At that point, you said, "I will never be scared." I again. hate this. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, before we go on to our number one, why don't we first say what our notable snubs were? Uh, so I think each of us chose one that didn't quite crack the top 10 that we wished might have. Uh, Lyndon, do you want to lead us off? Uh, yep. I'm going to go with uh, another classic performance. It is Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, another, I think, a tentpole film, uh, a classic film in cinema. And the whole film rides on Jack Nicholson's performance, the way he's trying to reduce his prison sentence by uh feigning uh, like uh mental problems and where he ends up in the psychiatric unit his reaction to it how he gets reactions from others around him and then the devastating ending as well uh it's uh he carries the whole film his performance is the, the emotions where he's hiding his emotions with the the way he's using humor and it's uh just a very impressive performance yeah, my, what's yours, man? My my notable snub is um, Alicia Vikander from um, Ex Machina. That's a great one. Um, that is a good one. And you know why? Because I went in knowing what the movie was about and thinking, like, there's no way that this is going to be all that interesting. And, I mean, the f- the film itself is done in such a way that, like, the entire thing feels haunting. You know, the, the entire thing you're wait, you know, if you're waiting for the shoe to drop, you're waiting for something to happen. Um but I think to me, she, you know, um, what's his last name? Oscar Isaac. I, oh, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic in it as well. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But to me, I think her performance is even more impressive because in a movie with essentially three characters, um, that has this really dark, heavy feel the whole time. I feel like she does such a great job of one portraying, you know, um, a self, self actualized robot. Um, and then also just, there's a there's a lot there like she i mean she just has her face she's just has like her own narration really like the line she has to say um but she's captivating in it um you know she's very believable in terms of how she's kind of working you know the um i forget what his name is the 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 main character yeah yeah the main you know the protagonist um but as she as she's kind of working him to help her get her own escape you know and so i think she's fantastic haunting charming all sorts of different things that really carry or really give the whole movie a really well-rounded feel so to me i think she could have easily been on this list for me so i think my uh notable snub before talking we're talking best performances of all time i don't know how we didn't include uh, Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit in a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Is that your for no, 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 no. So he is trying to oh, prove a point. Yeah. He's so witty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my actual, my actual one is uh, Val Kilmer as uh, Doc Holliday in Tombstone. 
and I think um I said before I have like a like a soft spot for for characters that have weird quirks to them. I I think to be able to bring sort of like uh just a weirdness to a character is always something that if it works it it's it's great. Mm-hmm. But other times you can tell when someone's overdoing it. it yeah. yeah, and it just doesn't land as well where I thought this one, you know, Tombstone is a pretty good movie. Like it's not fantastic in my opinion like it is what it is pretty good um but val kilmer as doc holiday i never wanted him to leave the screen like i thought he was mesmerizing the whole time yeah he is a very quirky character isn't he uh and he steals every scene he's in uh, that's a film i haven't seen in years i really need to watch again that's a film i haven't seen in ever oh, yeah man. i knew you were saying i I, I, <laughs> I didn't know if if chet picked one on purpose like he knew that he knew he could say oh here's another movie ronnie hasn't seen i almost went with biagio from kings of summer which i know we've done a whole episode oh, so on so good. i guess i guess it didn't need it all right so the other one i almost meant for was hugh jackman and logan yeah, true. I, I just recently yeah. watched it and I couldn't agree more. You know, you know, yeah. I'm not quite the same. I mean, X Men, I, I, I've enjoyed more than the Avengers, but, um, great performance in that one. Yeah. So guys, to recap, uh, 10 through 2, before we do our number one acting performance of all time, we started out with Denzel Washington as John Creasy from Man on Fire, Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, Will Ferrell as I'm Ron Burgundy uh, from Anchorman. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort from The Wolf of Wall Street. Number six was Kate Hudson as Penny Lane from Almost Famous. Number five, Kevin Spacey as Lester Burnham in American Beauty. Number four was Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch in To Kill a Mockingbird. Three, Brie Larson as Ma in Room. Number two, Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. Gentlemen, can we get a drum roll? I will insert a real one at that point, but I appreciate the effort, Rod. Wow. I think that might even work. No, that was good. Actually, <laughs> let's keep that. That was good. Oh, trying too hard. Um, all right, Lyndon, what's the number one? So number one is Heath Ledger as the, the Joker in the dark night. It wasn't hard. See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people predicted that as we were going through. I mean, that's that's just that is one of the to me that's I the think, singular best ever, ever. Yeah, it, is, it was coming to number one in uh, in combining all our lists was the easiest thing. It was the only one all three of us had in our top two. I think all of us had it as number one. Did we all have it as number all, one? I, if I remember correctly, all of us had it as number one. That was like our starting point. I think, yeah, and once, I think many people probably would predict it as we're not mentioning it going down the list. They know it's going to come in there somewhere. I mean, the he, the, the performance is, is amazing. It, it defines the whole film. And I think, like, Christian Bale is, is a great actor, but I think the first scene they had together is the scene in the, um, in the prison, where it's just between the two of them, Batman and the Joker. And after that, that's the first scene they had together. And then Christian Bale, he tells a story that after that scene, he's like, well... He's stolen the film from me there. (laughs) Everyone who um, was on the film, knew the making film, knew there was something special going on with this performance. And it's an amazing bit of castings by Chris Nolan. You you don't imagine him as a natural fit for the Joker, but he is, the performance is amazing. I wonder if, because of obviously his his death before the, the film was released, 
uh, and his posthumous uh, Oscar. It does elevate our memory of the performance slightly, but even if it, we didn't have all that surrounding it, I think this would still be in everybody's top ten performances. Um, yeah, I agree. I'll make I'll make my uh, contribution quick, which is this basically breaks all of the things that I would typically say I'm annoyed by. Because to me, I would say like, oh, people are just making a bigger deal because you know he embodied the character so much, and then you know he had passed away, and like you know all of that went into people overrating uh, and overhyping how good his performance was. Um, you know, and the fact that he was a method acting throughout the his performance and. This really breaks all of those things that I would typically be critical of because I think it is, you know, without without a doubt, an incredible performance probably made great by how much he embodied the, the character. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, it his passing makes it more memorable to some degree or, you know, it kind of reminds everybody of like, boy, that went into potentially producing this un- unforgettable, unbelievable performance. Um but I mean, he just did it so well. And back to your point with quirks and everything, Chad. I think he yeah he yeah. embodied the, defin- quirks, the definition you know? of it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's there's quirks, there's things like he he created his own character. And again, another example of an iconic. You know, I, there, there's been a lot of different Jokers, and I guess they've all kind of looked the same. But you know, his his Joker was like instantly the Halloween outfit for the next many years. You know, he yeah. he it's it's iconic you know i can't imagine um i can't imagine anyone who's seen it would would ever forget it so it's a pretty interesting video on youtube uh where you can see where he got his inspiration from at least from the voice is a uh tom waits i believe i'm pronouncing it correctly uh was a, i mean i'm 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 completely destroying this like i i know that th- there's people who are like know exactly who he was but I, i'm pretty sure he was a musician uh in the 60s i want to say and uh, and someone's really mad at me for getting both of those things wrong. But Heath Ledger, uh, you can, if you listen to this interview with Tom Waits, he talks exactly like the Heath Ledger Joker. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, easily our number one. I, my favorite scene was when he made the pencil disappear into that yeah. guy's eyeball. Yeah. That was amazing. I remember being in the theater when that happened and everyone <laughs> went nuts. Uh, a lot of fun. One of the most memorable, at least one of the most memorable performances ever, even if you wouldn't agree it's the top. Uh, so let us know what you think about our list. Uh, we're going to have this up on our website where you can contribute to, you know, tweet at us, uh, go right on the site and, and tell us what your favorites were. Um, and if we like it, we're going to, we'll share that on one of our episodes as we, as we tend to do. Yep. It'll also be on uh top 10 films.co.uk, right? London. Yeah. Stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, it would be, I'll be publishing an article when, when the podcast goes live as well and feel free to comment. Let us know what would make your top 10, what we got wrong and what we got right. All right, gentlemen, we ready for this uh, this no. this quiz? I, why do I even ask? I'm not ready. At I'm all not ready for, for this. I, <laughs> oh, I'm ready. So, is it, are these? So, the stakes are that the winner gets to choose what the next top ten episode is. And, and Rodney, you said yours is what one hit wonders for yeah. actors who disappeared after after one. Yeah, after after a memorable performance okay. or after a uh, you know memorable movie at least. All right, so I think mine will be um, top ten sequels better than the first. Yeah. I like that. I hope there are 10 of those. Mm. Um, <laughs> All right. Are, are you ready? I'll explain it quickly. All right, please So the do. quiz is called the British scene. So you can have five questions each. You take it in turn. Uh, there are two points on offer for each question. You get one guess and then it passes over to the other person. Okay. So I am going to describe a famous movie scene. 
but using some British words which seem to confuse you guys, oh, as no. we've uh, noticed on uh, previous uh, podcasts. Oh, gosh. I like it. Okay, so uh, we'll start with Rodney. Well, well first uh, of all, so different than last time. We're not shouting out. It's it's literally no. passing back and forth, right? Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, passing back and forth. Unless you get one guess, if you get it wrong, it goes to the other person. Okay, okay. wait, and you, they're going to be uh, the same as last time, right? Or the clue, you, you have multiple clues for each one? Or no. you're just going to, okay, got it, okay. I'm just going to describe a scene, okay? okay? And there's two points on offer. One, if you get the film right. And the second point, if you tell me the British word as well in okay. the description okay oh okay. boy there's a lot of layers to this well, well, it's, it's fairly simple so we'll start with a nice easy one for rodney as the uh, the contender <laughs> so the first two are easy just to break you in okay so we'll start with rodney so i'm just going to describe the scene i want the film and the british word so man gets eaten while sitting on the bog ah got it okay uh this is jurassic park um yeah. And I forget who the actor is, but while he gets eaten while he is on the toilet, or in the yeah. U.S. we might call it uh, the porta potty, because wasn't it a porta potty? It wasn't the. It oh was no, a I guess it, right, right. It was a. Yeah, yeah, it was outside. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, are you looking for bonus points over here? Yeah, no, yeah. no one cares. <laughs> I was about to say Jeff Gold, but it's not Jeff Gold. No, he uh, it's not Jeff Gold. Yeah. 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 Okay. So right. that's two points for Rodney. Chat a nice, easy one to break you in as well. So Tom Selleck and Steve uh, Gutenberg. Attempt to change baby's uh, baby's dirty nappies on the sofa, struggling with the smell and then the wee. I know th- this is not even close <laughs> to as easy as the I'm other so one. That is, is that you know what the problem is? Is because Rodney, you haven't seen so many movies that he has to pick like really obvious ones for you. Tom, he has to pick like defining. This, this no, I know what this is. Because I Tom actually Selleck, do. You love Tom Selleck and his mustache and what are you talking about? I, I, I don't know where you got that from. You were the uh, one who no. was telling. I was like, Tom Selleck has like blue blood. And you're like, yeah, but also, don't you remember? Oh, Magnum P.I. We were talking about. Didn't like, we watch uh, an entire episode of Magnum P.I. At like sure. a restaurant or something. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so I'm definitely stalling. I don't know. I don't know what so this what, is. What, a dirty so nappy is a diaper. Yeah, so that's one point. But I know of the movie you're saying. I would never be able to guess what the name of it is, though. Baby's Day okay. Out? No. What was that? Uh, no. It's Three Men and a Baby. Three men. I was oh. going to say <laughs> two and a half. Never mind. Two and a half Cla- babies. Classic okay. film. So I, guess, film. I, guess, yeah. I have one point from that. So two. Right. Rodney's taking the lead. An oh, early lead. lead two, one. Okay. Rodney, your next one. A young man called Ted has an unfortunate incident involving his trousers and his meat and two veg on prom night. <laughs> Wait. Is this Bill and Ted's excellent adventure? No. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. The um, the young man Ted is played by Ben Stiller. Why does so, he get a clue? Well, oh, well, I think I'm already out on the movie, right? So I'll, yeah, I'll try. Wait, so his his meat and veg. That's an unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate incident involving his trousers. Ah, and his I got it. I got it. Okay, night. perfect. I uh, yes, it's um, I, I'm not getting point for the movie. It's there's it's uh, there's something about Mary. Uh, yeah, and he zippers up his uh, his manhood. I guess. Do I need the technical term? <laughs> his his penis and testicles. Can you give us the Latin <laughs> phrase? Yeah. Actually. <laughs> His meat and two veg. Yeah. Meat and two veg. Oh, I like that one. Now, I'll is, that, use that, is one. that like a uh, is that like a common term, or are you just like really, really like really stretching for that one? I, I don't use meat it every day. Two veg. 
but everyone sense. over here would recognize that. Well, yeah. you are a doctor, so I, I wouldn't ever, <laughs> I would never doubt your, you know, terms, there was a, terms pertaining to anatomy. All right. So my, there was an extra one in there as well because trousers. You don't use trousers, do you? You say pants. Yeah, pants. I don't, yeah, trousers. I mean, I guess you might say that if you like, we're saying you're dressed like dress pants. You, someone like an old, an older person might say, "Oh, are you wearing your trousers tonight?" to indicate like, "Are you wearing your fancy pants?" But <laughs> but uh, your Sunday best. Yeah, but yeah, I don't use trousers. I've never okay. said trousers. Rodney walks anything. around without trousers on. Is what he's saying. Also, also okay. That. So, so Rodney has three uh, points. Then Rodney's three, one to Chet. So Chet, your next one. Okay. Uh, whilst in an off license, McLovin gets punched and has an encounter with two bobbies on the beat while trying to buy alcohol. No. So it's super bad. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, two bodies on the beat. Those are uh, those are cops, I believe. Those are police yeah. police officers. There's, a, there's like an extra one in there. It is a bonus point in there. Uh, say it again. Whilst in an off license, McLovin gets punched and has an encounter with two bobbies on the beat while trying to buy alcohol. In an off. Whilst. 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 What are we? That doesn't count. I, I know what it no, is. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know what, what it is. I, whilst is that's not what I'm saying. Uh, like a li- liquor store. Whoever says it first. Yeah, yeah liquor, liquor store. store. Or conven- yeah. Oh, is it liquor or is it convenience store? We, oh, I don't know. We don't use either of them. Okay. <laughs> so well, a convenience store is where you're buying like some gum and gas. A and, liquor store but, is where you're buying some rum. Yeah, you and, a liquor store, so an off license. Okay, off license. Okay. So yeah. I got a bonus I'm only going to give you two points in total, chat. Yeah, two points in total. So, that's three all. Yeah, and I was going to say, if so, then it would it would also be in protest because I would say that what we saw was <laughs> was it just a liquor? I guess you're right. No, it was a liquor store. It was a liquor store. Anyway, okay. okay. Next all right, one, so we're Rodney. tied. Three three. Yep, three three. Halfway there. So uh, this is in your favorite genre, Rodney. Oh, perfect. So oh, I'm lying. Oh. An upside down superhero gets off with his secondary school sweetheart in the rain. I uh, got it. Um, we've got Spider Man. Uh, yep. Toby Maguire, Kirsten Dunst. That was actually one of the my my favorite superhero movies uh, because it was the first one, um, and I was young and not an adult. <laughs> um, and they gets off the make out yeah. kiss. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say because in in our you gets off is a term around here too, and it just means something a little bit more. Thirteen uh, year old Rodney would have remembered that scene a little bit better if it was our version of that. Yeah. Uh, so did he get all the points for that, or was there something else there? There is something else in there. If you oh. want to guess. Oh wait, could you say it one more time? An upside down superhero gets off with his secondary school sweetheart. Oh, in secondary the school. His high yeah. school sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. That was just. I'm not giving points for that one. That's no, just, no, no, yeah, yeah. That should be part of it. You got to get all of it. You got to get all of it. Okay, right. Why are you yelling? Well, I'll give you two ear. for that. So that's uh, five to three. Five Check to three. Next. I'm ready. Right. <laughs> I like this one. Why do uh, I feel like I'm getting like way more difficult he, ones? He popped he pop a bonus. I don't like this. You give him all the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Soldiers, including Sylvester Stallone and Michael Caine form the ultimate football team to take on the Germans in World War II and discover montage style that Sly Stallone is a great goalkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like someone is like, this is really obvious. What other soccer movie is there? So football, soccer, Uh, goalkeeper, goalkeeper, we just call goalie. Goalkeeper. Um, uh, Yeah, goalie. Yeah, keeper. So the the movie Michael Caine. So someone, some this has to be like a real. I mean, it's 
very specific, right? So I, I definitely don't know what it is, though. I definitely don't. Michael Caine, Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that's a weird yeah. In a, in a s- s- soccer football, European football movie. Uh, what are we talking? about? Do you know about Rodney? Um, no. I mean, the answer is I, I don't. Um, all right. So I'm trying a, to. Let's not delay the inevitable. Film. I just got the it's one point. One of the actually, it's a terrible film, but it's so terrible it's good. It's a film called Escape to Victory, Mm-mm. and it's set in a, a prisoner of war camp, and it has Sylvester Stallone, Michael Caine, and a bunch of famous football players, including Pele. Two thousand down. Yeah, wow. and they uh, they form a, a football team to take on the Germans, so and it turns into a big escape plan. It's like the British version of like the Longest Yard. Yeah. Right? But made in like the 80s, yeah. <laughs> 1981 is a ridiculous film. <laughs> this contest is not is going all sorts of bad for me. So, so Rodney, you've got a lead five to four. Five to four. I feel pretty good about it right now. All right. So next one. Uh, Lloyd Christmas goes for a slash <laughs> uh, in a beer bottle while driving a car uh, that is there, looks like a dog that is then drunk by a copper. Yep, I got it. Uh, we're we're just so pissed right now. Um, <laughs> well, that's 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 relevant. We've got Dumb and Dumber, uh, yeah. and he takes a slash, so he takes a piss into yeah. a, a beer bottle um, that he gives to a copper, a policeman. Uh, oh, and he getting says, all the points. Though. Choke choking back uh, Grandpa's old cough medicine. Pull over. <laughs> no, it's a car again, again, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> my, oh, one, of, man. one of my favorites. I hate today. I, I didn't know whether to say go for a slash or the other term I was going to use was drain the trouser snake. <laughs> the trouser snake. That, would, that one's a little bit easier <laughs> in context. With his you know? meat, meat and two veg. Is <laughs> that what it was? He's got he's to empty his meat and two veg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have said that. Brilliant. So seven plays four. You're struggling, chat. Meat and two veg sounds like a like a like a nickname for like a tough guy and like a vegan only gang. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a- <laughs> sounds like a terrible gang. Yeah. Two veg. <laughs> <laughs> all right then chat so next one two men uh decide to fight each other in a car park as they've never been in a fight after the fight tyler decides to smoke a fag whilst the other man drinks a beer all right so it's fight club and a fag is a cigarette correct yeah yeah was yeah. that too easy uh no v- no uh, absolutely not <laughs> this has been ridiculous so far i got sylvester stallone yeah. in a in like a movie no one wants to remember you got Jurassic Park, where the guy got eaten on it on the bog. Yeah, well, <laughs> on, I, on the bog. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely so far been one of those like video games that has like the uh, like the the ability to curb for like if you have a lead, all of a sudden it like makes it harder for you. I think that if this were in reverse, you would have left already. Uh, potentially, potentially. Okay, so last one for you, Rodney. You have a one point lead. It's a seven place six. So, so if I were to if I get both of these, Chet, you're out. You can keep yeah. playing. I'm not going to say it. you can't answer the last one, but just so, so you know. You get, very kind of you. Yeah. If you get both of these, it's game over. So yep. here we go. Some incredibly, incredibly good looking men cause an explosion at a petrol station. Yes. I got it. Um, we're, we're, we're doing, uh, God, why can't I remember the name? Zoolander. Yeah, um, that's one point. Zoolander and a petrol station, gas station. Yeah. Enjoy your victory. Enjoy your enjoy your episode, Chet, because it looks like the next one's all mine. (laughs) You can keep going though if you want. Take that pineapple. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead, Chet. Finish up. 
Finish up for the loss. Oh, boy. Hey, Chet, you know what? If you're not first, what are you? I'm beating two veg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last one. one? Yeah, yeah, last one. So Darth Vader visits from the planet Vulcan to convince George to stop being a big girl's blouse and ask Lorraine out. Uh, This is all planned by his future son, Marty. Okay, so back to the future. Yeah. Uh, I there were so many terms in there. What, can, you, can you repeat it? Darth Vader visits from the planet Vulcan to convince George to stop being a big girl's blouse to ask Lorraine out. I'm afraid to answer <laughs> some of that. Uh, I you know I'm more interested to understand. Can you translate that for me? I already lost a big girl. Darth Vader is a term that you guys use. <laughs> no, 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 big girl's blouse. Yes. It's like no, a, I get no, no. What does that mean? What does big girl's blouse mean? Stop being a, a, a pussy. Basically, yeah. Wimp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wimp. Bang on. <laughs> but no, that's from... Uh, in the in the film, the actual scene, he says he is Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. Oh, so I forgot about that. I'm, I'm, I was so distracted by that or maybe so badly didn't want to answer Actually, the other one. I'm so glad I didn't get that because... You got the fact that it's Back to the Future. I would have just been like, I don't know, a Star Wars movie and Big Girls Blah. Like, because I, I wasn't even paying attention when you said Marty. I was like, oh, that's right. Back to the Future. But I didn't understand the. So. So Rodney With the two point wins win. by two points. The two point win. No big deal. No big uh, deal. How are you chat. feeling about that, Chet? How are you feeling? Uh, well, I had said before that I wouldn't get competitive, um, but uh, but I lied. And, um, I don't feel all that great right now, uh, in a lot of ways, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. So I think I'm going to take some time to recover, uh, and, uh, we'll check back. We'll check back great. later. We're, we're great actually just about analysis. to go get dinner and, uh, and some, some drinks. So I can only imagine how, how painful this is going to be for him. Probably pop to a beer garden. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. Uh, so we have, Finished the top 10 acting performances of all time. Uh, our next one, because Rodney won, will be top 10 examples of people who are one and done. So we'll, we'll definitely shorten that down for the actual title itself. Uh, but we're looking forward to that. Lyndon, as always, we love having you on. Uh, look forward to many more of these episodes and you being a part of the show in, in other ways as well. Uh, where can our listeners find you? So you can find me on Twitter at LWellsFilm. Uh, you can find uh, all the stuff I write on top10films.co.uk. Recently, I wrote an article where I ranked all the Alien films after Alien Covenant release. And uh, just last week, wrote an article about uh, where Wonder Woman fits in the, the ranking of the DC universe. And there's plenty more to find on the website as well. Very cool, man. Um, and you can find us uh, on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can, as we mentioned, go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can contribute to this blog post. Look for Lyndon's as well. And, uh, and of course, you can email us if you wish at downthehallpodcast at gmail.com. And guys, uh, also this coming Sunday, you can uh, check us out on Checked Out in Jersey. Notice how I did that? Check us out on Checked Out in Jersey. That's pretty good. You Uh, are a wordsmith. No big deal. Um, And uh, it wasn't actually on purpose. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be after our uh, brewery tour, we'll be doing a live episode uh, with the Checked Out in Jersey guys. Um, So that that 
should be a lot of fun. Also, potentially, is going to be a disaster. What do you think? I think two veg is going to come up a few times. Uh, I also, just for our listeners' <laughs> Not sake. Not the meat, just the two veg. <laughs> you can, just uh, the two veg. You, you, no trouser snake? No. Trouser snake, The trouser sure. snake's been left out. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so you can actually watch us on Facebook Live. We'll, when we have the actual time for that, we'll tweet that out. Uh, so look for a Sunday the 23rd on Facebook Live with them. That will get converted into a podcast. Unfortunately, we won't have it for our show. Uh, but I think what we're probably going to do is take segments from it and uh, and probably uh, provide a little commentary and have like a bonus episode to release to, to everyone as well in case you weren't able to listen to it or watch it before. Um, so as always, uh, I'm Chet. That's Rodney. And, and Lyndon, thank you so much for joining us thank again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us as the uh, the voice of knowledge. <laughs> Always a pleasure.